Welcome back, listeners, for the second part of our review of... I almost said Starformers. Star Transformers Rise of the Beast. It's pretty late. This is we're recording this after the end of the full review that took well over two hours. Um, we hope that you um, enjoy the rest of the review. Uh, you got anything to say about this? The rest of this episode? We have some good good podcasting content. Yeah it 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 kind of devolves into this Rachel recording or, or describing most of the movie and me not having much to say, but it gets better at the end. We of, don't get as slap happy as we did with the 1986 film. That we watched. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoy. We'll drop you right back into it. While it's not necessarily executed in the most interesting way, this movie, unlike other movies, or even most versions of, of this character that I know of at least, they give Optimus Prime a growth arc. This is a proper prequel in that this is a burned out Optimus Prime who doesn't know much about humans and doesn't have really any reason to really care about them. And this movie, I mean, pretty much once a character starts saying such strong opinions at the beginning of a film, you know, okay, they're going to change their opinion by the end of the film. So they're setting up that he will, this will movie will show why he cares about humans. Unless, mm-hmm. what would have been really funny if they pulled the typical modern franchise thing where they don't resolve something in the movie. It would be kind of funny if the movie ended with him still hating humans and they <laughs> save that for a sequel to this movie. That would have been pretty funny. Um. So they're kind of arguing back and forth, like, how are we supposed to? And so it's revealed that they've all seen the um, the beam in the sky. Well, it turns out, supposedly, humans can't see it. It's this big, bright yellow beam, uh-huh. this beacon, and only Transformers can see it. And so Noah's like, hmm. But this is resolved within the next 10 to 15 minutes. So yeah. I feel like they make a big, like, typically, the main reason you have something established and then a character repeated a few minutes later is because it's really important to the movie. Uh-huh. This whole thing is resolved in, a, in not much time at all. It, but they, they really emphasize that humans can't see this thing. Barely important to the movie. Really irrelevant. It would have made more sense to like... <laughs> movie literacy at an all-time low. <laughs> you could have like legitimately just like had it be like this wave of energy and they all the Autobots sensed it uh-huh. and they know where it came from. You didn't mm-hmm. need this whole beam thing. It just it took a lot of time out of the movie. It's hard to see in the dark. <laughs> um, so they're trying to figure out what do we do with Noah and I think I think Mirage has the idea that they recruit him to go get the part of the key because it's in a human... It's in the university and Mm -hmm. no one's really a fan of that idea except mirage mirage somehow convinces them um to let noah help them Mm -hmm. and then has to convince noah and part of that deal was mirage was like i'll let you sell me Mm. and i'll disappear it'll be like nothing ever happened um mirage after the car chase is weirdly like buddy buddy fond of noah Noah. (laughs) and he's like we make a good team noah did literally nothing he just was screaming inside Mirage the whole car chase. I don't know if Mirage is so friend starved that he just would talk to the first person, but like no one else wants to talk to him. Like this made me think. Like this whole movie made me think. Like nothing they're doing is necessarily that bad, but it made me understand why other movies do more annoying things. Like while it is very annoying that most stories like this have two characters hate each other at the beginning and they become friends, at least that's something. Mirage probably heard how great, um, I can't remember her name from the first movie. Um, 
Megan Bum- Fox's character? No, bu- from the Bumblebee 2018. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, she's the voice of Gwen Stacy in, in uh, oh, Spider-Verse. Uh, probably heard how, how nice she was from Bumblebee and was like, I need one of them. <laughs> I need a human companion. I need a human companion. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's not, I guess the whole point is that Ben becomes that Noah is the one who learns to be friends with uh, with Mirage. But Mirage, like I said, Optimus, has, Optimus Prime has a character arc. There's a trend. But Mirage of, doesn't. There's a trend of looking out for your own. Yes. Throughout the that's first two thirds of the film. Mirage um, just needs something, and he doesn't really have anything. He's he's a in, decently enjoyable character. I think his his uh, pop culture references are way more missed than hit. But there's you can something. Only have one transformer that makes pop culture references, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you got three options. If it's the live action, it's Bumblebee just through the radio. If uh-huh. it's any other iteration, it's Jazz. <laughs> very good which side tangent <laughs> i'm still mad that he that they didn't put jazz in this we could have had jazz but i do find it interesting because when the first movie came out porsche was like we don't want our cars associated <laughs> with war and it's like <laughs> hey porsche look like let's look at your sales in the 1930s. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, anyways. Are you additionally mad that uh, Mirage is the same color as am! Jazz? And like, if you just change the name and cast a black actor as we Mirage. This close to greatness. <laughs> anyways. Um, I cannot tell you the roller coaster emotions I was on when I saw the first trailer and the reveal. Because I was like, it's, it's my boy. And then it was Pete Davidson. Anyways. Whatever. It could have been worse. We could have gotten Pete Davidson jazz, and I would have been upset. Anyways, so Noah agrees because he needs the money. So he goes to sneak into the university, and Elena's still there. It's dead of night. Um, he sneaks in, and he's caught by Elena. Um, they kind of do a little chase around the table because he's like, I need that thing, the transwarp key. She's like, I can't let you have that. She calls for security. Um... And so, at this moment, um, Scourge and the other Terracons have arrived on Earth because they have also um, sensed the transwarp key or whatever, its activation. So, they show up, and right as security gets there, uh, shoot the building and just obliterate (laughs) this poor security guard who's probably two days away from retirement. Um. So thus starts a chase scene, survival of necessity moment between Elena and Noah as Scourge sends these weird little spider things to chase him down and get the key. Yeah, this human stuff is not interesting to me. It's not, again, it's not bad. There's very, there's not a lot in this movie that is like really horrible or terrible. It's it, there's stuff that's not great. It did feel drawn out. It's Yeah, good. That's a way to describe it. It's... Like, this early in the movie... I know, okay. There's always this, like, contrast or or tension between how much do you play on if a character's going to die. We know the characters aren't going to die. So that's not necessarily what the film is going for. But, like, tension can still be felt. And there's that would obviously be the point of such a scene where you have Mm -hmm. humans fighting a robot that they can't beat is tension. Mm -hmm. There's never... I felt not for a single second any tension. Yeah, there's a... 
chase scene through the uh, museum kind of broke my heart because they destroyed everything. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Um, so I just everything. They finally get out. And the other Autobots have arrived. They're duking it out with um, Scourge and the others. Um, Optimus gets his butt kicked by Scourge. Yeah. It- and like I was really kind of like, hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, pretty much it's a big fight. Uh, Bumblebee gets the life sucked out of him. He sac- yeah, pretty much Bumblebee, sacrifices like, himself. Dies trying to save Optimus, and Scourge kills him. Uh, and just like this poorly timed phrase, because because Scourge gets the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear I don't know who approved this dialogue, but Optimus says this cannot be. You remember that we were like. Oh. A lot. I think the biggest issue ongoing in this movie with the dialogue, other than the unnecessary pop culture references, is the dialogue is often too simple. Yeah. It like felt like there needs to be a filter from the writer's brain to the screen of okay, this is the this is what I'm trying to convey, and here's how this character would say it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that filter. He's like, okay, I want Optimus Prime to say this cannot be. This cannot be. Like, there's never... The the writers of this movie rarely write in the character's voice. Writer's room. Um, it, it felt like bare bones. It, was like it really really did. bare bones dialogue. Um, it was really unfortunate because it gave the actors nothing to work with. Yeah. No chewing of the scenery. Gumming the, ser- <laughs> the scenery. Um, but we do have an interesting appearance. Air Razor herself. In... One of the cooler moments in the movie, this is also a nitpick, she has this incredible, like, laser beam that she can shoot out of her beak that's devastating, and she never uses it on anyone. Mm -hmm. She only ever uses it to, like, disrupt battles. Yeah. And it's possible that maybe that's a character choice, that she's, like, more less directly confrontational, more defensive. That would match her character. But it is kind of annoying that she seemingly has the most powerful weapon on the battlefield and doesn't use it to just kill scourge yeah so she kind of she saves them really from yeah she like cr- she like creates a big division of fire between the yeah. autobots and terror cons um the cops show up everyone escapes uh they regroup and they elsewhere. now have um our n- our other female human character not elena. other yes elena, elena, is now with elena and noah escape with the autobots um you have added a new character to your party <laughs> new character um so kind of not a great moment for any of them. A lot just happened. Air Razor is explaining what happened. Uh, and they're like, well, oh, and the Autobots want the key so they can go home to Cybertron. That's we should probably. Assume. Oh, and and, and Scourge, Scourge wants the got key. away with what they thought was the whole key. Yes, and and uh, what is the bird's name again? Air Razor. Air Razor reveals that they split it in two. Yes. But she doesn't know where it is. Yeah, she does, she doesn't even know if there are any other Maximals left. Yeah. So they kind of get the little exposition. Um, Elena kind of showcases some of her knowledge. She's like, I knew it was older mm-hmm. than what, you know. Um, so there's kind of like this tense moment. What do we do now? Um, Noah has a really cold line. Um, Nick Doptus, because they're trying to figure out what to do next. And he's like, I'm not trusting someone who couldn't protect his own. And I was like... Oh, oh why yeah, would you that's say that? Bold. <laughs> why yeah. would you say that? So it's too soon. <laughs> and that line leads into my next problem because that, like that, while very cold, makes a lot of sense. Like most logically, there's if you're a normal person in this situation, there is not much motivation for you to like 
go along with this mission mm-hmm. to like go with travel with them they had to figure out they have to go somewhere to south america was it peru peru really the only motivation that they have and this is what really i think air razor one of them uses to get them to come with is that um we need your help because your planet will probably die. Mm-hmm. And so we have this interesting division starting here because the Autobots want to go back home. Noah wants to destroy the key because he's like, no key, no Unicron. Mm-hmm. It works out. Everyone wins. <laughs> and he's right. He's right. <laughs> he's totally right. Because the only issue with destroying the key is it stops the Autobots on this planet from getting back to Cybertron. Mm-hmm. In the and, beginning was the cube and the transwarp key, but we don't talk about yeah. that yet. And yes, Cybertron probably needs these heroes, but it won't, like, that war has been raging for 8 million years, Optimus. Just, it's rough. Like, are you, and then the rest of the movie, they keep using this dialogue of, I won't sacrifice my planet for your planet. I won't sacrifice, like, I want to save my planet. We can save both planets. The entire universe is at stake. It is so much bigger than either of these planets. Like, if you wanted to make it about sacrificing one planet for the other, that's great. I like that concept. But they established firmly that the entire universe is at stake. This is not about just Earth or mm-hmm. just... This is every planet. And similarly, um, one of my favorite movies of the last few years is Mission Impossible Fallout, which has an incredible running uh, line in it about how... Uh, the main character, Ethan Hunt, refuses to sacrifice one person for everyone. He mm-hmm. is convinced he can save every single person. And that's also kind of a Superman thing. It's like Superman, there's there's very little tension with Superman. Superman himself is not going to die. The tension with Superman is, can he save everyone? That's always an interesting concept. How many people can you save? So yeah, the idea of we can both save the universe and both of our planets without having to sacrifice one is fine. But spoilers... They destroy the key at the end of the movie. Technically, they do save both planets. It's just... It, and again, I like Optimus has to go through this growth thing in the movie of learning to love Earth and love the humans. And But the movie is con- constantly contradicting itself, I guess. Like, its moral through line mm-hmm. is really unclear and ultimately annoying. Yeah. It's really annoying when you have a character... Your main character is right theoretically standard screenwriting obviously i love movies that play around with expectations play around with storyline you should not be doing that in a transformers film transformers films narratively should probably stick with the basics Mm -hmm. your main character should be the one who's wrong Mm -hmm. so that he can learn a lesson yeah he's right he should destroy the key (laughs) or don't have the humans be the main characters we spend what 30 25 30 minutes with these humans at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. without any transformers at all well, and we go back really after this scene after they're convinced to go to peru to have a conversation with noah and chris because Noah's like i gotta go mm-hmm. and mirage is dumb and is not subtle at all yeah um and like reveals himself to chris uh oh we get the infamous bay line yeah, we don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. But anyways, there's um, a sexual joke that's totally unnecessary. Yeah, like, ooh. Anyways, um, so Real, one more thing I wanted to finish on that thought um, before we move on. I was just gonna say, Chris makes Mirage promise to bring yes. Noah back, or he's gonna get him. Chris being Noah's the younger, younger brother. brother. Yeah. Similarly, in the in the previous scene where our two human leads decide to go with Autobots, 
I'm just not convinced that a normal person would jump into such a thing right away. Mm-hmm. I think the immediate reaction of most people would be, let's get some more uh, uh, people who have better authority or uh, have better credentials to go globetrotting and going like someone with some authority. And I understand there's like, I can think you can explain that maybe both these characters would not um, trust authority to handle this properly. And also, the previous Transformers films show that you can't trust the government because they just want to dissect and study the Transformers. But these characters don't know that. And I think the issue is you're ext- you have to to get to that conclusion. You have to extrapolate. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't give you any hint as to why they wouldn't just go find someone. There's reason. There's good reason. I think the best one probably being time frame. They don't have enough time yeah. to try. Okay, there's these robots and they're fighting and there's good ones, there's bad ones, and we need to help the good ones. Like, there'd be too, there's not enough time for that. I, I understand that as a viewer, but the characters don't even, like, discuss it at all. Additionally, what I realized is, while it's the original 2007 Transformers film is not great, what it does is it takes a normal person like Sam Witwicky, and he is forced into it. Section- Are you username, ladies man, <laughs> 217? Sector 8 kidnaps him. And he is forced into the battle. Is it Sector 8 or Sector 9? Oh, one of those two. The government agency that yes. uh, Agent Simmons works for. Another, ah, see, another performance. Such a There's, good character. Th- this movie is missing performances from actors like John Turturro, who is one of our best living comedic actors. There's no memorable standout human performances in this movie like that. Like Sam's parents. Like uh, good old Tyrese. Like, people who are not necessarily incredible actors don't have great writing, but they're memorable and they're fun and they match the cartoony energy. Um, By the third act, Sam is already in the battle. He doesn't have a choice and he chooses to be a hero. Mm -hmm. And I think that works. Like, by that point in the movie, I believe that Sam would do that. Not a great character. I I do feel like... Sorry. No, go ahead. I do like just like that in comparison to Noah's. I, he doesn't work well in teams mm-hmm. thing that he obviously learns, to, you know, kind of thing. I was like, I remember when they said that, I was like, oh, this is the character growth. Yeah. it. Him deciding to go on this journey in the first act, I think it's just misplaced. Like you, that, that character growth needs to be pushed down the line. And again, I'm not asking for like super complex storylines. My preference would be throw out the human characters or don't make them so important. Movie on Cybertron, which apparently we're probably getting next year at the animated one. Yes. Unfortunately, I, it's with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I'll be beefing about this for the next year. Great. Phenomenal. <laughs> Get, strap in, viewers. We're adding it to the bit list. I'm making this go on too long. I'm just like, I, I see a good movie in here. That gives us why I'm frustrated. As I see the pieces, they just should have rearranged them just slightly differently and it could have been a good movie. I don't want to take out all my frustration on modern screenwriting with this particular film because I do think it's fun. I do think it is more lovingly crafted than the Bayformers films. This movie is enjoyable and has likable characters. Like that is what it has in context of the Bay films is why these characters aren't super memorable. They are decent human beings. <laughs> um, and the Transformers themselves are not annoying. They're not racist or sexist or anything like that. The Hispanic one's a little racist, I think. But uh, not horribly. Not like the twins in Revenge of the Fallen. Nonetheless, 
Um, let's continue on with our plot summary. Um, so they decide to go to Peru. Elena is all for it. She's like, let's go. We need to save the earth. She hopped into that real fast. So they go to, uh, <laughs> they go, they meet up the next day. Um, and so a fourth Autobot at this fifth joins the team stratosphere, big boy plane. Um, yes. And so that is how they're going to get to Peru. Um, and so we have a very long flight of a discussion between Elena and Noah, um, talking about her dad and her motivation to do good things because of him. Mm. And honestly, kind of long, I just thought it was really funny because every time the camera turned to Elena, <laughs> there's this, it's the background is out of focus. Cause she's, she's in the focus, her and Noah. You see Optimus in the background looming. Like, you know what? He's just in the back of the plane, just there. He's just sitting there. And in my head, earlier in the film, I think it was. Uh, oh, maybe Mar- Mirage shows up immediately and makes a Wu-Tang reference. That's what I was gonna getting at. Is when when they get to the meeting, Mirage transforms and goes, Wu-Tang in the house, or something like that. And when Optimus was just sitting there staring out the he's literally staying out the window when they're in the airplane. He tells him very he says very subtle mirage just very uh, i just i love the thought that i was probably sitting there thinking what is wu-tang <laughs> he's also sitting next to bumblebee's dead body <laughs> did you notice that yes i forgot i forgot cameron if i die do not cart my body around <laughs> we're going we're going to peru we're getting no, some energon i am not <laughs> cremate i'm gonna me. break into a church for you and steal a, a key and then uh, I don't know and resurrect me <laughs> oh, spoilers I mean we're gonna get to it but, I'm gonna well, get you one of those get... sick Peruvian hats those are I love those, <laughs> those hats what would she think I'm pointing to Athena she would think who's gonna feed me Aww. anyways what anyways, happens next Um, so they get to Peru and so okay we talked about this earlier this is the first film that's been allowed to film on Machu Picchu <laughs> like ever they got a blessing from a shaman and their rule was you can't step on the rocks which the Autobots did not follow but whatever. not only do they step on it they destroy they them they did Um, so they show up to Peru and they we meet Wheeljack who looks a lot different from the other iterations he's like a VW uh, van bus and he's <laughs> He's an interesting character design. And there's a drawn-out interaction between him and Noah. Speaking Noah, Spanish, because it's almost similar to mm-hmm. uh, across the Spider Verse oh. when Miles meets uh, Miguel, and uh, Miles tries to speak Spanish to Miguel. Oh, I don't remember that. That's interesting. It's, it's right when they. What fought, I was Miguel's thinking like, of oh. is so Miguel, not Miguel. Sorry, uh, Noah is questioning why. What, what Wheeljack has a Hispanic accent, mm-hmm. and Wheeljack is like really confused. Like, what are you talking about? I don't have an accent. Um, it it feels like a much more drawn out and lamer version of when Jazz shows up in Transformers 2007. He he talks kind of street, and uh, and uh, Sam says, "How does he know how to talk like that?" And Optus goes, "The World Wide Web." <laughs> And it's over. And they move on. And they just move on. Like, it's not a great joke, but it's short and it's to the point. (laughs) The internet. Wait, did that exist at this point? Which part of the 90s is this? 94, it's very early stages. They don't have good good internet yet. Yeah, dial up. Mm. (laughs) 
Uh, They're using all the dial-up. That's why the internet sucks. I guess that's that really encapsulates this film, at least the human bit. It's drawn out. I think that word you used is really great. It's not necessarily bad. It's just long. Yeah. Um, So they meet up with uh, Wheeljack, who I've seen. Basically, I think the fandom split on whether they love the new design or hate it. (laughs) Um, So anyways, they're like, okay, so we need to find the other half of the key. And so they're using Elena's knowledge because she's been writing down all the symbols that she's been seeing in her notes. Um, And so what they're looking for is... What's going to be old enough that would have this? And so they deduce there's a church that was built over it, an old, uh, it'd be an Incan temple since they're in Peru. Um, so there's also a festival going on. So, uh, the Autobots are like, okay, we'll wait, go find the rest of the key. We'll be here if you need anything. Um, just sitting there listening to their tunes. Um, (laughs) And so uh, Elena and Noah go down, blend in with the parade that's going on. Which is totally irrelevant to the movie, but still fun nonetheless, because it's real. Mm-hmm. Don't know why it's really in the movie, but heck, it's a fun little, like, if you're going to go globetrotting in a movie, show the local culture. Yep. It's a, it's a fun little scene. Yep. Um. So they break into the church. Because uh, the church is like normally closed, I guess, during this, but they break into it actually rather easily. So they go to a <laughs> yes. courtyard and they're like, we need to find something ancient. And the camera pans down to a, <laughs> in some form of very large circular, almost dial sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there are like circles within it that are maximal symbol faces. Mm-hmm. And so Elena realizes they need to match up the symbols and rotate the stones, which they do. The ground drops in. Very Indiana Jones at this moment. They say that in the movie. I forgot! (laughs) (laughs) Which I was trying to figure out if that reference made sense, because obviously the the Indiana Jones movies had come out by that point, but like, okay, in 1994 they had made that reference? Yeah, I guess they would have. But also, no, what I was trying to think about is, okay, would the writers have made that reference anyways, or is that supposed to be a 90s reference? I I probably thought way too hard about it, but... That's all I got. Anyways, so they drop down. Um, and so, lo and behold, Scourge and the others are there also in the area. And they're like, the humans found it. Um, they just waited for the humans to find it so they could do the easy work. Uh, Scourge sends more little spider things after um, Noah and Elena. And there's a very important key that we forgot. Mirage gives Noah a little piece oh, of himself yeah. and it fits around his wrist. It's like a cooler version of whatever the heck they gave uh mark Wahlberg <laughs> in number five which was <laughs> weird and crawled over him <laughs> which allows him to like stand up to an attack from optimus prime like he nemesis prime it, that's his name okay whatever it, i mean what i meant by he i meant mark Wahlberg. actually the, the thing turned into a sword and he's able to deflect an attack yes. and Ugh. Hate that movie. This Love is, that movie. Hate that movie. <laughs> this is, it's kind of similar. It's something to defend himself. Um, so they go down into the cave and they discover this ancient cave system. Extremely massive. It's very almost shocking that if anyone had gone through with sonar that they didn't find it. Um, anyways. Like any archaeological team. Massive underground ancient city. Um, Elena's ecstatic. She's like, I've always wanted to discover something. So they follow... They look for an underground temple. They're like, this is where the key would be if it is. They find a stone sarcophagus thing, open it up. Lo and behold, there are handles there for the key, but the key is not there. Um, But there are some symbols. Elena writes them down, um, and they're kind of like X's and dots. Um, (laughs) And so they're like, oh, that sucks. Where could it be? 
Scourge of Spiders show up. There's a chase scene where they are running underground. They call the Autobots for help. And so there's this scene where they're underground and the Autobots are above ground kind of following after them. So as it turns out, um, the gauntlet that Mirage gave to Noah is a gun. Because he kills one of the spiders. Yes. Um, I'm also thinking at this point, I think it might have just been our viewing. Our viewing what felt really dark. Yeah, I don't think it's the movie. The, the, I think our projection was particularly dark. Yeah, because I talked to my coworker who saw it, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. He's, and he asked where we saw it, and he was like, that's really surprising for them, for where we saw it. Um, anyways, so um, as Elena and Noah are escaping through the underground, um, the Autobots encounter Scrooge and the others, and as they're kind of driving on these mountain roads, they start duking it out. Um, Optimus is ready to kill Scourge. He is mad. Uh, big this mad, probably, TM. Like, in contrast to what I was saying earlier about... well, in, in Give cons- me your face, mad. <laughs> With the continuity of what I was saying earlier, the whole robots in disguise thing, they're in this small village in Peru in the 90s. And I'm not assuming that they don't have cars or anything, but they are all... like. Mirage is a Porsche. Like these vehicles do not fit in in this small town. This is not, not really a good disguise. disguise. And in the moment they are in a car chase, now suddenly like they're just drawing attention to themselves. Like I, yes, I guess being giant robots would be worse. I guess, but <laughs> it's just like the whole robots in disguise thing has just totally gone out the window. Yeah. So they start doing it out. Um, Air Razor comes in again to kind of help rescue everyone. Uh, the fight doesn't really go anywhere it just kind of keeps scourge from finding elena and uh uh, noah for a while and they Mm -hmm. finally kind of dissipate but um there's an important scene where scourge fends off air razor by shooting her with a small disc and it almost kind of starts to rust and we're like "Hmm, that's not good that can't be good they gave attention to that so um they managed they managed to distract the Terracons for a while. I think Scourge is like, eh, we'll, we'll find him eventually. Uh, or because he's looking at Aerazer. We'll find him. Um, Noah and Elena show up in the middle of the jungle outside of the cave, and they're lost because they're in the middle of the Peruvian jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not having a great time. And then lo and behold, who shows up out of the jungle? Monkey. Monkey Ron Perlman. Um, <laughs> just Ron Perlman <laughs> dresses a big ape. Um, Optimus Primal shows up and very large, large and in charge, roars at him. Optimus shows up ready to duke it out. And then we kind of get uh, inter- uh, these back and forth scenes where a Maximal will show up or an Autobot. So ultimately mm. in the cast, the Autobots make it up. Stratosphere is not there. He's not there. But um, so we see Optimus Primal. Um, Rhinox, who's a rhino, who is just there the whole movie. Like, yeah, he doesn't do anything. Like, I mean, he fights, but there's before and after the big climax. There's a big like hero shot they use in all the advertising, where like all the characters st- like are stepping up one at a time. Both times, Rhinox is not in the lineup, mm-hmm. and you do not see him barely at all during he the looks climax. Really cool though. He's like. I know this whole thing exists to sell toys, but he is legitimately only in the movie to sell toys mm-hmm. because he contributes nothing. Um, so, and then Cheetor shows up. Every time I saw Cheetor, I was just like, kitty cat, because, <laughs> because I like cats. Uh, we have one as a supervisor. 
And so um, they're ready to duke it out and fight. And Erezer shows up and she's like, well, ho, hold on. Let's not fight. And kind of explains who is who. And so we have Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal in the same uh, scene. And Optimus Prime is like, for those of you who can't see, I just like pulled my glasses down <laughs> suspiciously. Um, and he's like, that's weird. That's not what he says, but that's what he's thinking. <laughs> and Optimus Primal is like, I was named after one of our greatest ancestors, a great war general or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> so they have like uh, an uneasy truce. And so Optimus Prime, they kind of explain what's going on. Um, they didn't really think Air Razor was alive anymore. So it was kind of this nice reunion between the Maximals. Mm-hmm. Uh um, our our supervisor is not doing her job. She's just simply rolling around on the ground, she's been sniffing very a bottle. Right no, she's been very adorable. Um, so I just was like, follow us. Um, we have a very safe place for everyone to go. I really thought I was kind of funny because so all the Autobots and Maximals are walking through the jungle like no one's business, and they're just leaving Elena and Noah to climb over boulders by themselves. It was just kind of funny to me because, like, no one offered to help. They were just like, <laughs> suffer. Um, walk through the probably bug-infested leaves by yourself. <laughs> so they arrive at a village. And we already know Optimus doesn't really like humans. He doesn't trust them, I guess I should say. And Optimus probably was like, these people for hundreds of years have kept us safe and watched over us and us them. And it's like this, hmm, moment for Optimus because he's like that's weird and they just show the other half of the key they have it the the humans have it you know this um village kind of higher in the mountains they have a they have pretty good relationship with the Maximals they're like friends mm-hmm. um they are friends I I think <laughs> Optimus Prime would be a good friend he seems very nice maybe it's the Ron Perlman um <laughs> Ron Perlman seems very nice um <laughs> anyways uh so that's they kind of explain it you know we separated the keys to keep it safe um and so there's another conversation with elena and noah as night falls and elena is telling noah that he and optimus are very similar i was kind of like "Mm, maybe I mean, I kind of got what the movie was getting out that they're both very similar and that they are trying to fight for their own and they're very loyal and all that. And I was like, okay, all right, this is interesting. Um, anyways, so night falls, they all go to sleep. And as they wake up, Elena notices Air Razor is not well. She, whatever Scourge uh, shot at her, is growing. And so as it comes to revealed, to be revealed, um, whatever he shot her with now allows Scourge to control her. Similar to Unicron and Scourge. So Ares returns against them. It's bad. Um, the other Terracons have found their location. Uh, so they all kind of split up and they give Elena and Noah the key. Um, and the second they are out of eyesight, Noah is ready to destroy this thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this like... Which I agree with. <laughs> and I was because this panicked panicked optimus prime is almost like begging noah not to destroy it uh-huh. and elena is also like don't destroy it um so we spend a very long minute or two um giving evil air razor just enough time to kidnap elena and the key they noah stands down decides not to destroy it and elena picks it up and is immediately snatched 
up by evil air razor mm-hmm. and it's like not only did i already think noah should destroy it he's immediately proven right just like within seconds yeah. so um chase throughout the jungle uh they end up back on machu picchu i believe um and so we actually kind of we get an emotional scene where air razor is fighting against mm-hmm, mm-hmm. scourge's control and optimus primal shows up and actually leading up to this primal just takes off oh through. yeah so king like peter jackson king kong style yes kind of and also kind of reminiscent of uh like tarzan in the 99 oh, animated yeah. film like going through the like he is going like at first i was like this, like, this is gonna end real quick there's no way he catches up he is like flying through the jungle it's yeah. really cool i feel like all the other animals in the jungle right now are like we gotta go <laughs> we gotta go um so they end up back and so this kind of emotional moment between air razor and primal because air razor can't she can kind of fight it off uh-huh but she, she, not fully mm-hmm. not to the extent that everything's going to be okay and um kind of this emotional scene where primal has to make a choice if he's going to kill air razor or not and mm-hmm. she tells him it's okay to do it so he kills her kind of humanely i guess if you were to ask me just well i mean crush his rib cage yeah so this is this is a good time to talk about uh why i think michelle yo as air razor so good which earlier i took way too much time i apologize to the viewers way too much time going through all the actors of this movie and i did not list what you might know michelle yo from most recently she's the lead in everything everywhere all at once she's also in shang chi she's also in uh crazy rich asians she's also in gardens of the galaxy volume two um phenomenal. she phenomenal is the, she's the soothsayer in kung fu panda 2 That's yeah she is i just um, peaked the mic she's phenomenal in the movie sunshine great actress been around a long time um and are you calling her old she's kind of old but like, she's also she's a veteran is what i'm saying she's, she's a veteran she's she's been acting since the 80s uh, she knows what she's doing. Michelle, if you're listening to this, we love you. And she also has voice performance uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, experience as well. So she's not just a she, random she, actor look, they've plucked. Look, I talk about Kung Fu Panda Trilogy enough, but she was fantastic. <laughs> she is really good. She's very fun. She's she just, Her voice is just so instantly likable mm-hmm. when she wants to be. Like in a, in a movie like uh, Crazy Rich Asian, <laughs> she's not. Yeah. But uh, when she wants to be, and like... Very rarely in these live-action Transformers movies, or even just Transformers in general from what I've seen, do I actually care about a Transformer. Like, Peter Cullen, obviously, you love him. Like, he's phenomenal. Bumblebee, because of the, the how much time and focus they've put on him, I've come to love him. We still haven't seen him in season two at all of G1. Yeah, that's true. Outside of that, I rarely find myself... Like, I find them funny, I find them endearing, but rarely do I actually really care about them. But there was something about Michelle Yeoh's performance that this character is so full of integrity. This she's full of sadness mm-hmm. as thinking she's the only one left on Earth. Mm-hmm. She's got this scent of of uh, of duty. Oh, this is like this, she felt like a real. She character. sounds very regal. Yeah, absolutely. All these things embody the, the character that she is, and so when she tells, it and it, it culminates in her telling Primal to kill her. And, and then she tells it very matter-of-factly, like, this has to happen. Like, this this is why, like, okay, this is why we should be destroying the transwarp key. It was it was very much do what needs to be done for the greater yeah. good. So why are we not destroying the transwarp key? Um, Anyways, 
that's my uh, conclusion on on Michelle Yeoh in this MVP of the movie. So, Airazor dies. Primal kills her. The other Autobots rolls up. Rolls up. Optimus was ready to kill her. Other <laughs> Optimus Prime, he rolls up, ready to kill. Um, so we have this, you know, sad moment because the other Maximals are pretty bummed. <laughs> <laughs> they lost Air Razor, and then they also realize Scourge has both keys. And I, <laughs> I wrote this down um, because Opt- Optimus Prime is like, we should have been fighting together. And I wrote, um, I don't know if you want to time code this. This is very accurate. This Athena, is, you're our new editor. You can edit this out later. Edit this out, Athena. Um, is Optimus's code for "damn"? We fucked up. <laughs> um, just, but he said it in a nice way. But also, again, <laughs> kind of a very basic way as well as we've talked about the dialogue in this film being just very bare bones. Um, so they're like, hmm, now we need to figure out what we're going to do because Scourge has the key. And so they go to a mm, volcano. I do not know what the volcano is in, mm-hmm. in the mountain range. And they activate the key and it just starts building stuff out of thin air. It builds yeah, a very, they being the Terracons. Terracons. It builds kind of like a Mordor kind of style tower, which is a portal to bring Unicron through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I forgot to say, as the movie is going on, we do see snippets of Unicron speaking with Scourge. Yeah. That's actually uh, how we first find out it's only half of a key, because Scourge is yeah. like, I have the key, and Unicron's like, you're stupid. It's yeah, half we of skipped it. that scene, which brings up a good point of, last week, I really gushed over uh, the performance of Unicron in the, in the original animated movie, and while... Uh, Man, I always want to call him Citizen Kane. <laughs> Orson Welles was five days away from dying, very old, very overweight, did not care about Transformers, still, I think, gave an incredible performance, and also the, I think the writing on the original Unicron was really good. This Unicron really falls flat for me, and I, I think they really wanted to focus on Scourge as the main villain of this yeah. movie. It kind of, with some dialogue later in the movie where they say he'll be back, it kind of feels like maybe they're saving Unicron because what we did not get this is kind of jumping ahead, but before I forget, we don't get Unicron in his fully transformed mode in this movie either. No. So it kind of feels like they might be saving some Unicron stuff for a later, later movie, if that ever happens. They're going to pull an Eternals. <sighs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, nonetheless, this Unicron just does not have the gravitas. He's there. And yeah, and again, like I said, but the one scene where we kind of get there is when scourge comes to unicron with the first half of the key thinking it's the full cre- mm-hmm. key and unicron is like pissed like you and like dumb- pulls him up causing it or he's like controlling him because then there's like a very quick scene of where they actually are on earth so this is all kind of like in his head in a way mm. he's like being astral projected yeah back to unicron because the other terracons are just standing there while scourge looks like he's being possessed <laughs> yes good call um yeah so that's like the one scene where we get really any personality out of unicron yeah. outside of that he's get just to see there. his eyes though did you notice that oh that yeah, was kind of interesting weird that was, that i was interesting i noticed it and i was like mm. so um they're trying to figure out a game plan honestly and this is one of the good like character moments for noah i think he is the one who's like all right everyone squat up i think that's literally what he says like yes, he he is the one 
Yeah. He gets everyone together. He's the one who kind of tries to amp everyone up, which is like a good, like if he's your main character, I think it's good to have him do that. We now have one of our favorite moments of the movie. There's only one other moment that we laughed harder and that'll come later. Uh, They have a hologram of their plan (laughs) and they figure out that there's like little underground or like uh, there's a bridge to the control where the key is right before the tower that is creating the portal. And the bridge itself kind of has a tunnel under it that the humans can fit through. And the way it's animated in the hologram, all I can say is the way the two humans run across the bridge should have had a cartoon running sound effect. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I was going to pull it up. It was so funny. We, both of us, Rachel and myself, died. It was Uh, so Apologies to the other people in the theater who are probably like, <laughs> all six of them. these losers think Four this of them. is funny? Um, I think, th- I hope this is it. This is what I think you were imagining. Absolutely. You <laughs> nailed it. Yes. Oh, man. It was so fast, <laughs> so the way funny. they were running. Oh, it was incredible. Was there an arrow too, or was I? I, pro- I don't I was, think there was. I had too many tears in my eyes <laughs> from, from the... From the right, but yeah, just the very goofy cartoon. Um, so they create the game plan. Um, so, so I think they somehow figure out. I don't remember where this information came in. They figured out that, uh, night. I mean, I, the night the birds. Bird. No, the good one. Air razor. Air razor. Thank you. Air razor left pretty much like a self destruct code yes, for the key. There is a code, and and Elena is, is has figured it out. Yes, it's all the symbols that she's written down. Which I thought I had the funniest joke of the night. She's flipping through her journal. It's all these lines. Uh huh. And I. I just said, is this loss? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, going to so... cut that out. No, wait. I'm not the editor. <laughs> Athena, cut out that loss joke. <laughs> um, anyways, so... <laughs> All right. We're hitting two hours. We got to speed this we're up. We're hitting two hours. <laughs> so they start the plan. And it really doesn't go that well because they start the final charge and uh, Unicron sends down a bunch more just these random copy and paste assets of other... Un- noticeable terracons they start the big fight um i felt like compared to a bay formers movie it was easier to follow along yeah i okay so i think what you're getting at there i think is a narratively does this movie doesn't use its characters well but as far as structure and stakes this movie has a lot less characters than most transformers films and it really helps it Mm -hmm. like you can keep track of all the characters. You know what every character is. All the bad guys were gray, so it was easy to keep track of who everyone mm-hmm. was. Like, they, they bring in a lot of the little spider guys mm-hmm. for this final fight, but other than that, it's not overwhelming how many characters there are. In stark contrast to Transformers the movie, 1986, where there's far too many characters to count. There's, um... Until the ending. <laughs> so we get to see, uh... The Maximals transform into their like yes. bipedal modes, which is really cool because this is the first time we see it. They've just been an animal mode the whole time. Yeah. So they all start fighting. There's a weird, not like weird, but there's an almost Legolas Gimli moment between between Prime and Primal because I think Primal kills Battle Trap. And Optimus mm. makes his comment, he was mine or something oh, like that. Yeah. Was, I was kind of like, that, that, not was, very good. that was not really very Optimus Prime of you. But mm. anyways. Um, the battle's still fun. It's, yes. It's, it's, there's a great, it's in the trailer, but I, I tried to avoid it and I'm glad that I did. There's a great 
uh, one oneer continuous shot. Um, and film Twitter tore some poor person apart. I can't remember what account it was because they're like, this is a great single camera movement, and all of the film bros are like, it's not a camera. Yes, it's not as impressive as it would be in real life, but it's very great considering. Like it was fun. We got it's to see still, a very encompassing scale mm-hmm. of the battlefield. Good point. Exactly. You nailed it. It's a great creative choice because it has become incredibly popular to do oneers. Like it's super common now, but they're not always used well. Like film different film techniques need purpose. You don't just do it for the sake of doing it. And they've saved it. They haven't been doing a bunch of oneers mm-hmm. the entire movie. Because you could, especially in animation, you definitely could do a bunch of oneers. You move that thing wherever the heck you want. And they saved it for this one moment, and it lands so mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, it, it, looked, it was really nice. Um, so we go back to Elena and Noah. They're running under the... They're running in the tunnel, sans comic sound, cartoon running sound. <laughs> and Mirage is going to distract Scourge, who's kind of standing guard at the key. Uh, Mirage gets his butt kicked and what he I finally thought, uses his holograms he, again he does what i thought was really stupid moment he gets his butt kicked and he happens to see down into the vent and he like calls out to noah and i'm like what a stupid response because scourge is right there so scourge picks up mirage breaks through the vent and snatches noah out mm-hmm. while elena keeps going sends a spider after elena and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like well that was really stupid of you uh-huh. to do because i mean maybe he knew but maybe he didn't know so you just kind of ruined things so um a scene where Mirage is like covering Noah and kind of like sacrifices himself. Yeah, pretty much seems like like dies, and then mm-hmm. the- Scourge is, is going to shoot at Noah. Oh yeah, and Mirage jumps in the way, and he's getting continuously shot in the back. Yeah. Um. So Mirage dies in this kind of self-sacrificial thing. It didn't really feel very emotional. Um, and so Noah, I guess, is like trapped under there or he's just like overwhelmed by the weight of the sheer hopelessness that is happening. Because as this is happening, we see all these storm clouds come and Unicron is starting to come through the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, so time is running out. Um, Elena is working to escape the spider, which she does. Uh, she does. She kills it with a piece like a metal that broke off as she was hanging because she's like hanging over a pit um summing this up she almost loses her journal but she doesn't she catches it um i thought that was kind of not necessary um i think it would have been more interesting if she actually did lose it she had to count on her brain anyways yeah so um then there is a very long extended scene where somehow the younger brother, Chris, is able to contact <laughs> Noah through the Mirage via... A walkie-talkie. Through the walkie-talkie. So they had Mirage's. established earlier in the movie that Mirage had a walkie-talkie built into him that he got from the younger brother. Oh, um, I forgot about that. But the fact that it works on that distance is absolutely insane. Yeah, from Peru... For, I don't from know. New York to New Peru. New York to Peru. And so there's this, honestly, in my opinion, really long, drawn-out conversation of noah and chris where chris is kind of like giving noah a pep talk watching the impending doom of Unicron coming through the space that's so true i really thought it was way more drawn out and so it's kind of emotional he's like noah you can't give up now um and he's like i don't know man and then mirage is still alive somehow and uses and noah is feeling reinvigorated by this pep talk from his brother mirage sacrifices himself 
And we do get another callback to the first film. Noah gets a mech suit made out of Mirage. Yes, which I kind of called you early did. in the film. And I, I thought... do. I remember seeing a screenshot of this, unfortunately, mm-hmm. before it happens. When you're like, I hope he gets a mech suit. You were talking about Chris, but I was like, yeah, I thought the younger brother was, was going to get a mech suit, but the fact that someone got a mech suit, I was pretty dang close on. And it transforms, right? Or no? No, no I no, was no, no, really no. hoping it would, but it didn't. Maybe they can't do that realistically. But so he gets a mech <laughs> suit. He um, starts fighting back, is able to fight. Um, and so, you know, as things kind of get a little more hectic, uh, Unicron is getting really close. Uh, Elena is trying to unlock the key, and she finally gets it unlocked. Optimus has engaged... Um, <laughs> scourge optimus prime they're fighting and i think scourge realizes that elena is trying to stop the key because it's spinning very fast we did forget to mention in all of this when they activated the key at some point oh shoot it, i forgot about that it was previously said that there was energon in the mountains and this activates up. all the energon very similar to that scene from uh, the final short of Star Wars Visions Volume 2 where they, oh, they yeah. cleanse all the kyber crystals uh, and that then gives Bumblebee life and he has a really great entrance in the battle which is unfortunately in the trailers but it's a nice use of the song Mama's Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. Well, I think was, a, maybe that was just diegetic. <laughs> it, well, that's what's nice about it is that that's part of Bumblebee's character. Yeah. There's a lot of needle drops in this movie of popular 90s songs that I don't think land very well. Also, I just don't know the songs. They don't really mean anything to me. But this one I thought was actually like worked well in the context and made the battle scene a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So picked up the pace for sure, I think, after that. Yes. Um. So uh, Scourge shoots the main thing whatever right after elena's unlocked it and destroys Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so now there is no choice but to make the decision destroy the key Mm -hmm. like there is no decision you destroy the key and unicron stops or you or you everyone dies so optimus kills scourge with lava holds him under lava and just like keeps going he does have a cool line let me show you the power of a prime i was like that's 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 pretty cool um, he's been saving that one. <laughs> um, kills Scourge, and so makes the decision. Uh, well, so kill Scourge. They regroup. They kind of acknowledge, "Huh, things are really bad right now." Um, and Optimus makes the decision that the best course of action is to destroy the key. And I think one of I think RC is the one that's like, "Whoa, hey, hold on, <laughs> let's reevaluate." And there is no reevaluating. He tells them all to leave. Um, he's going to destroy the key, sacrifice himself. Typical Optimus Prime. Chad move. Destroys the key. Um, Unicron starts, turns on the vacuum. Trying uh, to pull like in as much as he's really close. Yeah, yep. sucking up everything. And so it looks like Optimus is about to die. It's like that scene in uh, <laughs> SpongeBob when they're all, uh, Squidward, Patrick, and Squidward are uh, trapped in the middle and... <laughs> Only SpongeBob and Patrick are allowed to eat the food, and Squidward's not. And Patrick just like vacuums up the whole sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like we're about to lose Optimus. And then Noah shows back up. He's gone back, and he is able, with the strength of the mech suit, to catch a hold of something else and Optimus to keep him from flying into the maw of Unicron. Um,. And then I think, so it looks like they're both going to be lost. And I think Optimus Primal shows back up, pulls him in with the big monkey strength. 
Um, they all at that moment. So what happens is the 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 quick sequence of events is Optimus Prime With his stabs axe. his axe into and my axe, and he stabs it into this it bridge. Control. It really it breaks free. Uh, Noah grabs him, is attempting to pull him in. He breaks free. Primal grabs him. My hope was it just kept happening. <laughs> that, like Primal would <laughs> break chain. free and RC would grab him. And it's like you have a long chain like of characters. Ar- like the little army men from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so they manage to escape. Uh, they drive past the bridge. Everything explodes. And then the main theme, the main Transformers theme from the first film Oh seven starts playing as they make their oh, majestic escape. Oh yeah, we both cheered at I was that like, moment. Ooh, that was great. every sin forgiven in this film. Um, so it was pretty cool. It didn't play for very long, but it was a very nice touch. Um, they escape. Uh, gosh, I can't really remember what happened. They do like the very typical victory driving scene. Um, they're driving over the fields. The Maximals are running next to them. Uh. I really don't really remember what happens until like the interview scene. Later. Uh-huh. Um yeah, that I mean that pretty much sums it up. Um it pretty much hard cuts to like 6 months later or oh, something. Yeah. Uh Noah is going in for a new interview. Looks like at a grocery store place or like a uh, like packaging. a like a meat packaging yeah. like facility. like a, a standard pretty so, standard job. Yes. Uh we see on the TV that Elena is being order, uh interviewed on like uh, 60 minutes yeah for discovering that underground city so and good for her lo- good for her but whole- she just doesn't acknowledge Noah. she couldn't get noah a job no of some sort. I, that, I was kind of shocked and so he gets interviewed by this guy and this guy keeps ans- this older guy and the guy keeps asking him oh what's the gap on your resume and uh Noah's like i worked internationally and he keeps pressing mm-hmm. and so finally it's revealed the joke that has been mentioned so many times, so Noah and Chris always called each other Sonic and Tails, because um, they were like, no names on the airway. Um, mm-hmm. And so Chris calls Noah by his name when he's like giving him his pep talk. And this joke finally, I guess, culminates in the man saying, no names on the airway. So somehow, this man knows that Noah has been involved with the shenanigans down in Peru. Noah's trying to get some info. He's like, who are you? What do you know? And the guy is being really evasive. And so he's like, no, we know a lot about you. Um, lots of people really happy with what you did. You saved this planet. And so he tells him, from the thanks of the people, we will be fully paying for your brother's treatment. And this seems pretty strings unattached. You know, He's like, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be taking care of your brother. And then he goes, alternatively, along with that, here's we have a job offer for you. We, we kind of need people like you. And he... Well, let me sorry this moment is big mm-hmm. not necessarily good but like our reaction i want to i want to set the context for our reaction he like gets up and like clicks a button and like That's the wall opens up okay sorry i didn't i, I no, couldn't remember good. the exact sequence Very of events yeah he, he stands up opens the he clicks a button the wall opens it's like this big facility oh, but gosh. like and it looks like the facility from the third movie, Dark of the Moon. Yes. Where all the Autobots hang out. The movie is clearly building towards something. Like Some we, secret government organization. At, that at knows this about the point, like, especially ever since in a very similar scene in Iron Man 1 where it's revealed that Coulson is working for S.H.I.E.L.D., 
this is the part of the movie where you you land your little, your Easter egg, what like you it? put your ref your little tease for the next movie. Oh, it's Sector Seven. Sector Seven. Sector Seven, which is in Trans- Bumblebee. Yes, it's it's the. Or, it, is it? Yeah, it's they seven? are Sector Seven in, in and then Bumblebee. after they team up with the Autobots, it's called Nest because now the world knows. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like, is this Sector Seven? Is it Nest? I'm thinking, is this Mech? Which is a bad organization I, i'm like the background is really out of focus and you see some vehicles i'm expecting to see like megatron's maybe head. megatron's frozen or another some other op like optimus prime's already there and maybe there's some other autobots <laughs> he's already there he's like I, just like i'm expecting this character to like like i'm looking at this guy like is this guy supposed to be someone like is he a pre-existing character do we know this guy because i don't like he's not any he's, he's not familiar he's not from any of the bayformers films like, i know the movie's like trying to like convey that something's happening here but i'm just like confused i'm like none of this feels that big but it feels like the movie's trying to, and then he hands noah a card oh my gosh. and I, th- I don't even remember what the set the card just says something it doesn't really, it says like the guy's name. name and earlier they said that i work for a secret government agency that's clear that's simply off the books and so we're, we're both of us are probably on the same page we think it's sector seven that's They're almost pretty off the or, books and then he turns the card over and it doesn't just say the name of this supposed covert government agency. No, no, no. It has a full-on logo. Some there's a graphic design department for this department. <laughs> it's the marketing. And um, you probably know this name. Most people know this name. You wouldn't expect it in a Transformers movie necessarily, but you know it. What is it, Rachel? G.I. Joe. Joe. Sorry, I realized I wanted to sing it. And we lose oh my it. Gosh. We bust up laughing again. Like I hear the people behind us are reacting, but they're not reacting as like viscerally shocked as we are. We bust up laughing, chops loud, cracking up, crying at this turn of events because that was on my last list of things. Just like, and we got through the weekend without that being spoiled. Exactly. There's like the context. Yes. It's Monday. It's the the movie's been out for three and a half days, actually pretty closer to four days. You would think, and we both of us have our feed filled with Transformers stuff. I look, I follow a bunch of Transformers accounts on our Twitter page, and I didn't even ever see any posts that said spoilers, and I ignored them. Yeah, nothing. I there's so little. I tried to find memes about this movie, and I'll, I'll mention that I have one thing about that in, in meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. Meme parsec, meme master second. <laughs> oh my second. gosh! Uh, it's just like. So it like I don't know if it's a I don't think it's a bad idea to cross Transformers over with some other people. We need good human characters in Transformers, and maybe using some pre-existing GI Joe characters could work. Oh, gross! I just <laughs> we'll saw what her, her memes are. Um, and this was already in like the people are already thinking maybe this is a possibility because um, people thought John Cena's character was going to be a G.I. Joe character <laughs> in Bumblebee. And it didn't end up being true, but like God, it was... The, and both are Hasbro we just toys. Could, we just couldn't see him. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just the insane... Like, it's just so insanely lazy, but also built up. The mm-hmm. movie, like this whole, like, again, drawn out. This whole movie, drawn out. Drawn out to this little reveal, but it's also so goofy. Yeah. It just is like so tonally all over the place the whole sequence is tonally all over the place it's also like not a big reveal it's not a shield it's not a avengers you know tony uh nick fury showing up at the end of iron man it's not a um you know at the end of age of ultron 
ends with Captain America almost saying Avengers Assemble and he doesn't say it. It's not like that. It's not it's more it's more on the spectrum of other terrible uh teases like at the end of Fan Four Stick from twenty fifteen. Our uh our editor slash supervisor is was was looking stunned at Al, at Rachel for she a second. She's got her teeth out. Uh it's it's more akin to Fan Four Stick twenty fifteen ending with them almost saying Fantastic Four and not saying it. Mm-hmm. Or like one of my favorite terrible endings is uh, Predators. No, sorry. The Predator movie sequels are hard to remember their titles. The Predator from 2018. They had multiple different things they wanted to do with the ending. At one point, they considered having Ripley mm. with a face hugger on her face, even yes. though it's a Predator yep. movie yep. and it takes place in modern day and Ripley's yeah. from year 100 years of the future they ended up just some alien species sent them a predator fighting mech suit like it's a terrible ending i don't yeah. know i'm referencing a movie no one's seen it, my point is it's not executed well but it's also incredibly it's surprising so and like arguably gi joe is more well known than transformers um it's bizarre it's it's so crazy but uh we loved it nonetheless yeah and we get like a half final, like a half scene after like a little bit of credits or whatever, or after that, where we see Noah with Reek again, and Noah is building a very familiar looking Porsche. And Reek is like, <laughs> that thing is not going to run. I don't know what you're talking about. And Noah's like, oh, yeah, no, it's going to run. And so Reek, I don't know, it's just like, this is not going to run. I don't know what you're talking about. There's kind of like this banter back and forth. And like, finally, Noah's like, ah, Mirage, what do you think? And Mirage transforms. Um, and show and Reek is like stunned, and that's kind of where it ends. Um, Bad and so scene. it's like, oh, so Noah just casually rebuilt Mirage, not very advanced. Yeah, it's it's a weird scene to be the final scene of the movie, for sure. We had pretty much two character deaths that didn't really do anything, and it wasn't even Optimus Prime. <laughs> very good. Three okay. character deaths. Ape Link, Bumblebee, and Mirage. Oh, Ape Link didn't come and, back. Well, and the bird lady. Eraser, yeah. I cannot remember her name. Just call her Michelle. Okay. Um, any final thoughts on this Transformers film? Um, Not, like, the best Transformers film. Well, I mean, <laughs> not, like, the best. I think mm-hmm. it's got a lot of fun moments that I do appreciate. Oh, that makes me appreciate over some of the Bayformers films. Um, will I watch it again? Sure. It's a fun movie. Um, I really... I was really surprised by how well I liked Pete Davidson as Mirage. Uh, Fair. I thought yeah, he did totally. really well. And maybe it was because it was Mirage playing a character um, rather than it being like Pete Davidson on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably helped. Uh, Liza Koshy was fine. It's pretty obvious that she is not a voice actor. I thought she was fine in the first third. Once it really got more to like come of the, some of the combat, I was like, oh, yeah, you've never voiced really because mm. like when she was talking she was fine but when she was reacting to things it was like mm. um yeah i mean overall i enjoyed it yeah for me it's kind of a middling film it it ranges i felt find myself thinking most of the time either all right or all right yeah. like like a like a kind of an underwhelmed all right or oh this is pretty okay all right yeah which is pretty much ranging from a five to a 6.5 which averages out at like a 5.7 5.8 granted you can really only go up from the last night in age of extinction yeah, but 
on the other hand, those movies are like crazy and like I, I really don't like the distinction, but I think Transformers one and five are crazy watchable. Mm-hmm. Like they're I've watched them multiple times each, especially the original one. They are fun, even not when they're necessarily being fun on purpose. Mm-hmm. They are full of memorable characters, if not not necessarily good. So like this movie I think is technically a better movie than those. But much like a lot of movies, I, I feel this way a lot about Spider-Man movies at this point. I felt similarly about Bumblebee. Unfortunately, movies that come later in a franchise, they really have to step up their game. Because if, if this was the only Transformers film, I'd probably be like super blown away. Oh, yeah. Because I would have never seen Transformers on screen before. But unfortunately for this film, I've seen Transformers on in movies six times before this. It's, you really have to do something new and creative. And it does some good stuff. It just isn't doesn't really rise above, especially coming out the week after Across the Spider Verse. Uh, yeah, absolutely brutal timing for them. Um, but um, you know, maybe it could be it could benefit from rewatch. Maybe it's better on rewatch. I doubt it, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my final takeaway. Um, but check it out for yourself and let us know. Yeah, go see it. Um, go see it. Um, you know, I <laughs> I'm almost always interested in what a franchise does next. I would like to see this G.I. Joe Transformers crossover, so go see this movie so we can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for that. Um, okay. We're at two hours and 24 minutes of recording. Um, I'm hungry and tired. This is our first without a meme minute. Let's do your top two for the week. Oh, gosh. Well, okay. I really don't have very many. I will keep them very brief, and I will save some for next week. So okay. um, one of my favorite Twitter pages to follow is uh, Crazy <laughs> Moments in Transformers History. <laughs> um, they posted on 424 before the movie came out a screenshot of two folders on their computer. One says, memes if Rise of the Beasts is good. And the other one is memes if Rise of the Beasts sucks. <laughs> they retweeted this on the 10th of this month and says, Unfortunately, I didn't prepare any memes for if Rise of the Beasts is just kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great meme. I love that. That's hilarious. Um, I particularly brought this one on because I thought you would find it very funny. Um, it just made me think of you. Thomas the TIE Fighter has never seen such <laughs> before. <laughs> you send that to me. I'm going to save that for group chats. Which is playing off of uh, Thomas the Tank Engine typically with that same phrase but uh instead turning him into a tie fighter and so it's thomas's face over the tie photoshopped fighter. rather poorly onto a tie fighter is and that that's specifically a rebels tie fighter i think no it's not is from, it? from the rebels cartoon the wings are really stubby it is but i don't recognize that um explosion behind it i think the explosion is photoshopped yeah. as well um because that's like a live action explosion um my second one is, some people have a girlfriend, some people have a boyfriend. I have a copious amount of plastic robots, and it's a bunch of <laughs> um, <laughs> pictures of Transformers figures. And I relate to that uh, in the Star Wars side of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Uh, Show your meme. And then I forgot something we didn't talk about, and I'll just keep it super brief. Okay. Um so I saw this in image form to this week. and I've never seen it before. I am now realizing I did not screen the actual video of this clip from community. So let's hope it's what I hope it is. Oh, and maybe I'll have to cut this out. Oh, gosh. Um, we had a rebirthing ritual. My oh, friends. a little bit farther back. Uh, Wait. Uh, 
agnostic. Lazy man's atheist. I'm born again. Oh! We had a rebirthing ritual in my friend's hot tub. I'm now a level five laser lotus in my Buddhist community. Uh, Gosh, that does not episode. sound like Buddhism. Are you sure you're not in a cult? Just by asking me that question, you put me back down to a level four. You now owe me 2,000 Energon cubes. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> we watched a lot of, my best friend and I, we watched oh, a lot man. of community. And I remember we watched that episode because I knew it. And I saw uh, it and I went, I had never seen that before. It showed up in my feed as an in, as an image, and just the use of energons felt was very relevant yeah. to this podcast. Made me laugh. Um, we forgot to mention, and I won't get onto it. We didn't really have much to say, but we did watch two G one episodes. Yes, we watched uh, Enter the Nightbird, which is the G one canonical entrance of Nightbird, um, as a human made robot. Very interesting. Um, they're all on YouTube. I think uh, it's very telling of a lot of different things that the first female Decepticon doesn't say a single word. Ooh, don't forget. Don't give me back my property. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> related to this. I, I, I teased this earlier. I went digging before the podcast today for some memes about Rise of the Beast. Couldn't find anything. I went to the Transform Me subreddit. A lot of it was about other kinds of Transformers. Pretty much, I can only find one kind of meme about Rise of the Beast outside of talking about like its Rotten Tomato score, which was not very interesting. And they were all sexualizing RC. Hate that. And whether it's done ironically or not, it's not funny. Uh, and I hated it. Hate so that's it. all I'm going to say about that. Um, and then we watched uh, a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court because I asked Cameron, "Do you want to watch? It? What do you want? Goofy or just normal?" And Cameron said, "I'm feeling goofy." And so it is a time travel episode where some of the Decepticons, <laughs> namely Starscream and the Autobots and Spike get sent back to the time of Camelot um, in which we see a wizard, not Stanley Tucci, downgrade. Boo. And um, we see them invent gunpowder and have shenanigans with um, knights and jousting. So very, very goofy. Some fun episodes. Very interesting. They're on YouTube. Go watch them. But... <laughs> my stomach just made a noise uh, um so yeah it, it was fun they're always goofy i've got a few more up my sleeve that i think we should watch very very go good um did you you only shared one meme right no i shared both i shared both okay yeah. um, I'm, I'm counting this as a meme i see okay um so as always thank you to caleb jacoby for our intro and outro music sorry i forgot you made our music two weeks ago <laughs> props to rachel for our artwork and twitter account at rebels robots pod props to cameron for all of the editing that he oh wait no sorry props to athena for all yeah, of the editing i'm giving does. up on the job i'm giving it to the cat um uh, props to cameron for running our facebook page which he does far more consistently than i do the twitter page <laughs> i've been having fun check it out i had some fun this week i'm some i'm proud of some of our posts um Give us something to read on the pod. Leave a review, tweet, or DM us some memes or opinions. Give us a review of Rise of the Beast if you DM see it. DM us some memes. Um, so this is Cameron and Rachel signing off saying... It cannot be. <laughs> what? <laughs> it cannot be. That's what Optimus said. Bumblebee died in Rise of the Beast. Oh, no, it cannot be. <laughs> Looking at I was going to say, uh, try, not get, try not to get recruited by G.I. Joe this <laughs> week. <laughs> In a spinoff that will probably never happen. Mm. Good night, everybody. Good night.